cult podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence and is not recommended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seriously. If you like our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Cult Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show for show updates. And please rate and review our show on iTunes. If you've been in a cult and you want to tell us about it, email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require monetary or physical sacrifices as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organization in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Ray Bella. And this week we're talking about motherfucking sex magic. So this is kind of an interesting episode in that it's not technically a cult in that we're mainly going to be discussing consenting adults. And there's not really a lot of murder or anything. But it is a cult. Like a cult. cult. Like O-C-C-U-L-T. Yeah. Um, This is more just because (laughs) this belief system plays into a ton of cults that we want to A, cover in the future, and one or two cults that we've already covered. The source. The source. So we'll be referring back to that a little bit, too. The main thing with this is... We want to kind of lay a groundwork so that when we refer back to this stuff, people know what we're talking about. Um, it's kind of just like an important baseline info for us to refer back to in the future. But it'll be a fun episode regardless. Um, there is tons of online info for this. So um, I do also recommend if you listen to this episode and you're like, where can I hear more about this weird ass shit? Uh, last podcast on the left has done like 10 episodes on this stuff. Like we're covering in one episode what they've covered in five or six. So I highly recommend it. I'll try and list out the episodes that they've done as we go through um, because we're going to cover a couple different facets of this. Um, But also the dollop has covered some of this as well. Highly recommend that as well. If you want to get into conspiracy theories at all, all of this is going to be very important info. If you want to be like the weird person no one talks to at a party. Yeah, I was going to say, who's the guy that's like, I really want to get into conspiracy. Yeah, <laughs> the one guy that's like, I re- I'll talk about one or two as we go through. Because one of them is one that's like one of my pet conspiracy theories. And it's been discussed <laughs> in our uh, Facebook group online. Which if you haven't joined our Facebook group, the Cult Podcast Facebook group is pretty fun. No one's gotten really drama-y or creepy yet, so... I, I purposefully refrain from making fun of people. There you go. There we that's go. Nice there you go. Yeah. That's, that's very kind. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but mm. I'll reference a discussion that came up in the group in this episode as well. Um, so other sources are uh, otousa.org, openculture.com, salimapedia.com, and the rest I will reference as we get to them because I don't want to give away surprises if you are not familiar with the OTO. <laughs> Yay! It's pretty fun. 
So as we get to sources, I'll go over them. I'm excited to hear about your conspiracy theory, your pet conspiracy theory. So many. It this also this episode includes one of my favorite historical figures. So Paige is gonna nerd out for a little bit. Is it gonna be an issue that I'm in the Illuminati? (laughs) Um, Oh damn, not really. Okay. Are you a Freemason? I told you enough. As how about a Rosicrucian? It might come up. My okay. favorite conspiracy theory is that Bush did 9-11, but not the president, just pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's because no one shaves. No. Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> Who knew human, human hair was so flammable? <laughs> oh, no. Jet fuel can't fire melt steel bombings. beams, but... <laughs> oh, we've, never, we've never let the fire leave. No. no. The fire is forever <laughs> in our hearts. It's still poor air quality. Yeah. It is still pretty poor Let's air blame quality. that. <laughs> sure. All right. October 12th, 1875. That's a long ass time ago. That's a long ass time ago in Warwickshire, England, Edward Alexander Crowley was born, better known to us in modern days as Alistair Crowley. So he was born into a fairly wealthy middle class fundamentalist Christian family. Uh, and he fucking hated it, like hated it a lot. So um, he was born kind of at the apex of a weird period in history where Victorian spiritualism was kind of at its peak. So people were really into like seances, um, magicians and magic shows were huge. If you've ever seen um, like The Prestige or The Illusionist, this is a similar time, only a couple years after that. Um, tarot reading was huge and uh, he's born right after like the theory of evolution was developed only about 40 years before so this is a very kind of exploratory time in history where people are kind of trying out new things exploring different religions and spiritual realms and shit gets weird just saying Um, so as he grew up he gravitated towards uh, western esotericism so more of like a not necessarily anti-religion but incorporating science and science fiction into religion as well as philosophy of the ancient Greeks into it's a whole mixture of kind of whatever goes if you want uh, in 1898 he joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn uh, which okay. bunch <laughs> bunch of fucking nerds nerds, nerds. Uh, in Latin, that translates to Ordo Hermeticus Aurorae Aurora. You know what? Just go with Golden Dawn. I think in Latin it translates to Nerd Icus. Uh, it was an, it was an organiz- organization devoted to the study and practice of the occult, metaphysics, and paranormal activities. So, like the movies, like. Yeah, they were like the first one was good, but I like the like director's cut ending. Um, <laughs> no, uh, this was like proto ghost hunting. So like the people that would become those douche nozzles on TLC that run around haunted houses with cameras. Ah, uh, this is like ancient ghost adventures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they are known as a magical order. They still kind of exist to a degree. Um, to a much more douchey degree. Like how so? Well, the people who joined initially, I think, were are people dead. who are yeah, they're all dead. Uh, 
I think they were people who were very invested in the philosophy of it and kind of tried to form it into what they believed would be like a new society kind of alternative to what was going on at the time. And the people who join now, I mean, some people are joining it for those similar reasons, but I think a lot of people are just like, fuck everything. I could fuck all the time. Do as thou wilt. Right, bro? Like they're contrarians. (laughs) That was a lot of what I found online. (laughs) It was just people who were like, I'm doing this because fuck everyone else. And you're like, okay, like, I'd respect you more if you cared about what you believed in. It's kind of like flat earthers a little bit. Right, right. You know, where it's just like the desire to be different in the past inspired them to create something kind of different. And now the desire to be different is like, I'm just going to join the thing that makes people hate me yeah, the most. Yeah, just to be aggravating. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, a those Facebook groups are frustrating as hell as I was trying yeah. to search through shit. There's two things that I know. One, this is my philosophy. And two, my tribal tattoos will always be cool. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thinking about getting a barbed wire tattoo God, and joining this cult. I saw a woman with don't. one at dinner the other night and it ruined everything. <laughs> like I couldn't keep my salad down. <laughs> I can't eat here anymore. No. We're going to have to leave. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know they let 2008 in here. <laughs> I think it's even earlier than that. It's earlier than that. Uh, I feel like a lot of the people I ran into online that were, that ascribed to a belief in this they fell into one of two camps where they were just like older college professors <laughs> who were like actually into the philosophy of it uh and then young dudes who were just like i do what i want including living in mom's basement like it was it was right. big spread not great yeah. um so the three initial founders of the order were said to be freemasons and possibly rosicrucians if you want to get real conspiracy theory with it um we could do a whole episode on freemasons and rosicrucians we should do a we should do a conspiracy theory episode or I'm two doing. or yeah. four or 12 or yeah 15 <laughs> i like that everyone is like all oh, the freemasons are uh they're like all illuminati but like i used to live down the street from an actual freemason and i watched that dude drink so much bud light that like i feel <laughs> i feel like you can't be part of the new world order I, if you think bud light is i lived okay. next door to a freemason growing up which like as a kid i didn't understand yeah. what they were doing or what they were into but they have um like programs for like your kids and spouses and stuff too so like his daughter was in like the teenage girl equivalent mm-hmm. I don't know. They they were they were gross. They had like they were the kind of people that had like multiple Rottweilers for no good reason. Several pieces of indoor furniture on their patio type of no, thing. No, you know, we didn't really have a patio. They had a lawn, but they had like fenced in their Several lawn pieces. with giant juniper bushes. Mm. Um. And then their backyard was like off limits. Oh god! No trespassing! Like yeah. all those. No signs. one's gonna get to my above ground pool or my trampoline. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if someone told me now, like, oh hey, by the way, they were hardcore selling drugs, I'd be like, oh okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the uh, the Golden Dawn it kind of emulates the hierarchy of a Masonic lodge. Um, but women were admitted at the same plane as men. So women were considered kind of equal throughout, which was kind of cool, actually. So this following has more of like, uh, they're not like, um, 
In, it's integrated, not parallels, right? Like you said that the Freemasons have like an yeah, equivalency, yeah. but these are just like combined. these are parallel. Freemasons, okay, cool. like women can't just directly join the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Um, like the teenage girl equivalent was, I want to say it was called like Job's Daughters or something like that. So it was like not the same. I thought you said you the know? Globetrotters at first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she was like. She she was like seven feet tall, yeah. and just anytime she walked anywhere, you heard the like do 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 do. <laughs> you gotta ball up before you can take over the world. That's true. <laughs> um, it was kind of yeah. I like I never really. I mean, I guess it'd be the equivalent of like we were in a sorority, and then next door was a fraternity. Mm, so we're not in the okay. same organization. We're in similar organizations. Okay. If that Except theirs, theirs was far, far beneath us. Yeah, we were way cooler. We were far superior. They used to like carve pumpkins that looked like vaginas and watch <laughs> Meerkat Manor on their big screen. <laughs> and we could see it through their window. Okay, let's be fair. That's not entirely different from what we did. No, I'm just kidding. It's... Yeah, I was going to say you're talking shit, but I really want to join now. <laughs> you were like, I'm in. Well, one time, so there was a frat that was like literally, like you had to walk past it to get to our house. Uh-huh. And... They had a huge big screen, like one of the old ones that stands on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And they would constantly leave their like sliding glass windows open so you could just see right into it. And it was porn a lot of the time, just like big screen porn. And then one time, like somebody moved in who just fucking loved Meerkat Manor. Because then for a (laughs) long time, it was Meerkat Manor on a regular basis. And then one time it was just like made in Manhattan. And we were just like fucking decide guys like we can't decide if we should hate you or if we should like come over with bagel bites i feel like really what happened is somebody got a girlfriend that could be very possible (laughs) that just sounds like although like as a as a girl even if you were dating a frat guy you didn't want to hang out in that house all that much so gross frat houses are gross they smell so bad yeah I'd like to make an announcement on this episode. Mondo's going to college. You should, dude. No, I'm not. Do it. Uh, there was one frat house that used to have purple carpet. And then when they would finish drinks, they would just like dump the rest on the carpet. And they called it feeding the purple monster. I'm going to college. There, there was a rumor that if you like laid down on the carpet, you could get drunk by osmosis. Uh, and then another house supposedly like at one point had like piped. Like, they installed pipes in their house so that they had, like, taps in each room. So you could just, like, a beer tap. Yeah. That's dope. What are you complaining about? Well, they had to take it out because, you know, sometimes people that are under 21 live in buildings. (laughs) Whatevs. Whatever. There's also semen everywhere. Yeah, Everywhere. And a surprising amount of taxidermied animals. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's those are, true. Those yeah. were actually just live animals that got stuck in the semen. No, they were taxidermy <laughs> because we would always like plan to steal them. <laughs> it was always like a thing where it was like, you know, what should we do for um, like Greek week or what should we do for April Fool's? It's like, what if we steal Porky, the taxidermied pig? Did you know that there's a giant taxidermy anteater in the basement of the student center? Gross. I discovered it on my last day before graduation with Vanessa. I think I've seen it, though. It's gross. Because I want to say my sister had like an improv show down there at something that I had to go down there for like way after I was no longer attending school. Yeah. And then I saw it. Yeah, it's gross. It was pretty gross. Anyway, back to this weird ass society. So... 
Uh, they taught esoteric philosophy based on the Hermetic Kabbalah, and they wrote everything in cipher. Um, so if you're not familiar with the Herm- Hermetic Kabbalah, I'm going to guess that a bunch of you aren't. It's a very, like, if you want to fall down a dark rabbit hole of the internet, search Hermetic Kabbalah. So it's huge in the conspiracy world. <laughs> I feel like any time I run into a conspiracy theory... At some point, someone's like, now, if you look at the map of the Tree of Life, and I'm like, fuck, well, here we go again. So that's where it comes in. How is it different from Madonna Kabbalah? Um, it draws some things from Madonna Kabbalah, (laughs) which is traditional Jewish Kabbalah. (laughs) I know, I'm just fucking around. Well, the map of the Tree of Life, um, is also known as the Sephiroth to some people, um, is taken from Jewish Kabbalah. Got it. Yeah. I was wondering if there were any parallels. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of crossover. Okay. It, it's it's one of the Hermetic Kabbalah is one of those things where it's like, I like this, but also this and this and this and this. And I'm going to take all of them and make them kind of into a thing. And then people apply that thing differently. So like there are huge stretches of like this group, like the Satanic Church takes it in a completely non-religious way and then it's all sex magic but then like the knights templar take it this way and it's like you know god based and it's very it's a lot of mixy matchy you know if you want to fall down a history channel hole pretty easy to do cool yeah and it's like we have nowhere near enough time in one or multiple episodes to cover it um Last podcast on the left actually does a pretty decent job in both their chaos magic, the right hand path and the left hand path episodes, as well as their uh, David Bowie and the occult episode. Okay. Yeah. Which are, I mean, they're fairly easy to digest episodes. They go over all of this. At the end of them, you'll be like, why does anyone believe this? It is so much work to try and believe this nonsense. (laughs) That's kind of how you'll feel after this, too. Okay. Um, so my favorite conspiracy that it comes into play with is Oak Island, which has come up in the Facebook group. Yes. So, uh, if you don't have the history channel, I'll, let me bring you up to date. Um, Oak Island is an island off the coast of like Northern Canada and it's shaped like an elephant. No one knows why. And reportedly in the 1700s, somebody buried a ton of treasure there and people have been digging for it ever since. That's like the short version of a show that's gone on for four seasons. And they keep finding weird shit on this island. So they keep like digging down into this hole and they'll find like scraps of wood that are not indigenous to that part of the world. Or they'll find like metal tools that couldn't have gotten down that far. Or they'll find like Spanish galleons, like coins. Or they'll find like a weird like plate like a tablet that's in a language that no one speaks and no one can translate like just weird shit all the time um there's a lot of rumors that it's templar based i think that's a little i think it's a bit of a stretch um one of the things they found on the other parts of the island because it's not just the hole that's full of weird shit there's like huge sections of the island where other weird shit's going on like they'll find rocks in the shape of arrows pointing towards the hole oh all the way for like 30 miles out from the coast. Yeah. That's creepy. Right? So in one of one section of the island, they actually found a map of the Kabbalic Tree of Life 
made in stones. Oh, wow. That they can kind of like trace. Huh. Yeah. So that's that's my like, that's what made me go through and research some of it and just be like, why the heck are people doing this much work for such nonsense? Right. Anyway. So um, the Hermetic Kabbalah, it's a collection of beliefs, draws from a bunch of different sources. As we said, Uh, it draws from Jewish Kabbalah, where it gets the tree of life from Western astrology, alchemy, Eurocentric and some Afrocentric pagan beliefs, namely that of Egyptian and Greco-Roman societies. So all over the place. All over the place. There's a lot of Egyptian gods and goddesses. Okay. Um, We see that especially in Thelema later on. But like I said, it's a grab bag. It's like if you went to the grocery store and just tossed a bunch of stuff in a cart, this is the meal that you would come out with. Right, right. Okay. Um, so it rose to initial popularity during the Renaissance and it took a bunch of different forms in the hands of different people. So in the Renaissance, when you've got like Copernicus and stuff, that's where you get a lot of the alchemy and astrology aspects of it. And then in the more modern day is where you get a lot of the more philosophical aspects of like how you can be the best person you can be and how to achieve the things you want to achieve. Um, The main basis of its beliefs are the redistribution of divinity among humanity and the path from nothingness to limitless life versus constant or via concentration. So that was that sentence made no sense. Yeah. Let me run it back for you. Okay. So essentially it believes that as opposed to having one singular God like monotheism. Okay. We all have it within ourselves to achieve the divine. Okay. And we would do that by starting at a place of nothingness, which would be the bottom of the Hermetic Tree of Kabbalah, and through intention and consciousness of our true will, climbing the stages of the tree to the top, which represents limitless light, or the results of our intention. Now I follow. Right. It's the secret. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's your vision board. Um, yes. So. Never mind. It, yeah. No, I mean, it is, though. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to, I, I don't watch Real Housewives, so I don't know how they're applying the secret, but. No, it wasn't. I wasn't even going to oh, okay. go there. No. <laughs> I, I just wasn't sure if I told you about that girl that I used to know that would, like, trap me at her house and make me do her vision board with her and like what? journal with her. No, tell me everything. It's not that exciting. She'd just be like, hey, come over. Like, I'm going to have people over. We're going to eat. Like, it was a party, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. I'd show up. It would be just me. And what? she'd have all these candles lit. And she was like, we're going to journal now and set our intentions. And like, it was fucking weird. And I don't know why I kept going back. <laughs> and she would make her vision boards and, and instruct me to make one as well and be like here's your magazines here's some scissors here's your board here's your glue go but i kept (laughs) the bigger mystery is why i kept showing up yeah no for real i was she pouring salt anywhere or salt i don't know i don't know what the fuck she did or sage i did tell you about her because she's the one that quit like told her husband to quit his job because she said a check for a million dollars yes that girl way too into the secret yes Anyway, her she believed that a check for a million dollars was coming because she had like manifested it, and so she told her husband to quit his job. Did Just he like do it's it? coming, yeah, and and did the check did not come? No. Oof, that's because 
But she also told him that there was like a re- she was like she lied about why she was getting a check for a million dollars. She didn't tell him like I envision it. It's coming. It was like I, I won a civil suit or like something fucking weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. The only check coming to her is a wellness check for how angry <laughs> her husband was. Well, and here's the thing, too, is like boo on her husband for believing that for a civil suit you could just get a check for a million dollars like those are paid out in structured settlements mm. that's why they have those commercials with the people singing on the right. bus oh oh yeah um eight seven seven eight seven seven cash now no, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 jg wentworth this is a jg wentworth eight seven seven cash now yeah their official twitter page follows me on twitter what <laughs> yeah because i tweeted a joke at them once and they responded and what then, was the joke i don't even remember oh it was like hey can you help me uh it's it's like i was like hey can you help me get this cash it's my cash and i need it now and they were like yeah what where does the where is like what was the settlement from and i was like it wasn't a settlement i just believe that i deserve the cash more than that dick kevin <laughs> And they like favorited it and followed me and I checked like who else they follow. They follow like Kanye West and Lil B. So oh it's God. definitely it's definitely someone's nephew who's just like, man, good one, bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So anyway, so it's it's chaos magic, which I've got a settlement and I need cash now. That's how it starts, right? Yeah. I know. I I have a structured settlement yeah, and, and I, I need cash now. Call JG Wentworth. Wentworth. Eight seven seven cash now. <laughs> that one's on us. Uh, uh, you're welcome, JG Wentworth. You're welcome, JG. Wentworth. Tell your nephew to follow our podcast. Yes. <laughs> Watch, we'll get one tomorrow. We'll get a follow tomorrow and just be like, oh. Or so I'll we- get unfollowed. One oh, or the that, other. One or the, the other. other. There you go. Or they could be a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Please. So, um, chaos magic. And <laughs> if you listen to the last podcast on the left episodes about it, um, they also go over the element to chaos magic that is basically your intentions do not directly elicit results. Like you can want something and put your intentions towards it, but you can't control how it will come to you. If that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Which is very similar to kind of the ancient Greek aspect of fate, Mm -hmm. where it's kind of like, this is your fate. You can't run from your fate. It will come in however it comes and it may be your undoing. I'm sorry. Before you continue, can we acknowledge the weird eye contact we've been making this whole time? Oh, through our microphones. Uh, I feel like it's. Yes. I feel like it's. There's more obstacles in this recording than the normal. I think I set my mic up a little bit different because I kept sitting too far away from it. I feel like I'm creeping on you because I'm like <laughs> peeking at you through like one eye is staring directly into your one eye. <laughs> several barriers between us. <laughs> And I wanted to acknowledge it before you went on because it's kind of the elephant in the room right now for me. For me. (laughs) On the flip side. On (laughs) On the flip side. On the flip side, every time I look at one of them, they avoid eye contact with me. They look directly away from me. Untrue. It's just, I can't me. keep my neck craned like we this. Hide, we hide behind the screens. Yeah. yeah. Plus a little peek behind the curtain. When they are looking at me, they're not talking into their mics. And then I'm pointing. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. Because if we, we can't look at you and talk into our mics at the same time. Exactly. So. <laughs> 
my dog is past the fuck out behind <laughs> yeah. Armando right now. Oh, it's great. It's adorable. It's very cute. We'll post it. Very, very cute. I'll post it. Yeah. Um, so where does Aleister Crowley come into all this? So he joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and rose to prominence prickly, pretty quickly within the order, gaining quite a bit of popularity from the group at large to the dismay of their current leader, um, if you get a chance to listen to the Aleister Crowley episodes on Last Podcast on the Left, they cover this kind of power struggle extensively. Um, after a falling out about whether or not Crowley would rise to further levels in the society, Crowley left and went to India to study Hindu and Buddhist practices. Okay. I know. It comes back there a lot. A lot Every of, time. God, white people just being like, I know where I can learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1904, he married a woman named Rose Edith Kelly. I'm and- sorry. Hold on. Did he? So he eat, pray, loved himself into just shots of jizz and menstrual blood. Oh, we're gonna get Didn't to you? the jizz and menstrual blood. Way to wreck the surprise, Mondo. Okay. No, well, we not, talked about it in the last. That's episode not the a surprise. There's a way better surprise. I just later. thought it was so funny that him and like. Uh, Julia Roberts? Yeah, Julia Roberts. Well, him, Julia Roberts, and every other goddamn cult leader we cover on this damn show has a moment where they're like, I've discovered Hinduism. Right. Every time. It's like, no, you're white, man. Every time. Appropriation. Makes you think, <laughs> maybe these Hindus are the problem. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the white people pretending to be Hindus. Makes you think. Maybe these white wi- windows. No. Windus. Maybe these mace windows are the problem. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Okay, I'll let myself out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the Galactic Senate does not reckon it. Um, so, so it's treason then. Yeah. So in 1904, he married a woman named Rose Edith Kelly, and they honeymooned in Cairo, Egypt. Uh, It was on this honeymoon that he would develop the core tenets of what would later become Thelema. So on this honeymoon, he claims to have been contacted by a supernatural entity named Iowas. And based on this interaction, Crowley developed the Book of the Law. Uh, There was a lot of hash involved in this revelation. Just, yeah, it sounds like yeah. he and he didn't find ayahuasca. He found uh, ayahuasca. I mean, wrong part of the world, but it seems similar. Yeah. Like he smoked a hell of a lot of hash and was like, "I know, I'm talking to a demon." <laughs> Messed up. That's the same thing that I said, but the, it was just my mom, and I was really high. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, love you, mom. <laughs> Some accounts say that Crowley was given the book of the law. Um, others say that he wrote it himself. I personally, it is my personal opinion that he wrote it himself. That he yes. got like f- super fucking high, wrote a book and forgot about 100% it. A hundred percent that's what happened. <laughs> right. In my opinion. That's correct. <laughs> I agree. I agree. These are our opinions. Yay. <laughs> I was declared that the current era was the Aeon of Horus. And declared that the highest law was do as thou wilt. Now, oh. this is a problem I have with so many organizations that we cover on this goddamn podcast. Do as thou wilt is cool as long as you're doing nice things. But yes. some of us are like Charles fucking Manson. I mean, like, now granted mm-hmm. what he wilt do was to build <laughs> dune buggies. But like... You like you never what if BTK is doing as thou wilt like right. people are not great 
<laughs> if we've learned anything on this podcast, it's that like some people are total dicks and yes. we can't just like free will is not great. <laughs> no, don't give these people free will. It's a little rough. They you need structure. That? You hear that, God? <laughs> free yeah. will was a mistake. They need structure. Military school. We need an update. Oh, we'll to get to some military school will. later in this. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreshadowing. Um, so it also encouraged followers to align themselves with their true will through the practice of magic, which basically just means like, fuck until you decide what you want. Like, oh. literally. Have lots of sex. Figure out what your true will is. Which is so funny because that's the opposite of what real magicians do, which is just uh, not Make fuck. cars disappear yeah. or like live in a box hanging over like a skyscraper for 30 days. <laughs> oh, just David Just card Blaine. tricks. You're so funny. <laughs> Get tattoos that say angel. <laughs> is oh, that God. what real magicians do? Mind freak. <laughs> Mind freak. Okay. Have you ever been to the... um? Magic Castle? Yes. It's fun. Magic Castle's a blast. If you're ever in Los Angeles and you get a chance to go to the Magic Castle, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and it's it's an easy way to see a lot of magicians that are not, like, TV magicians. Yeah. That are just, like, top of their game, effing amazing. Yeah. They were really... Like... My mind was blown. Yeah. They do amazing close-up magic there. I know. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The food's pretty good. So... (laughs) It is. There's a restaurant. No, they've got like a five-star steakhouse in It's that good. Place. It's really good. I don't know. It's just always funny to me when it's like the food. I don't know. Well, you, you have to eat as part of it. It's like oh, okay. you, you go in for like a dinner seating and then they let you kind of through the rest of the castle to go. I feel like if you have to eat, they're putting something like hallucinogenic in the food. No. It's I don't like, think so. These tricks are going to be awesome. No. I mean, like, it's more as if like... So you know at a comedy club, we have a two-drink minimum? Oh, I am painfully aware. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, except instead of doing that during the show, you pay ahead of time, and it's basically like it covers like your admission and then like part of your dinner. They've got like a specific fixed menu, and then everyone eats dinner at the same time, and then they kind of like release you out into the castle and then in different rooms of the castle, there's, like, different people performing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And they're really good about gluten-free. They, yeah, they are. It's it's a super nice restaurant. Yeah. It is. It's really good. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about being in the Magic Castle. I'm sure people have. I think so. You can only get in if you, like, know a member of the Magician Society or there's some other, like, real roundabout ways to get in. Right. But, yeah. Anyway, so after traveling through Egypt, Algeria, and China, Aleister Crowley and his wife returned to Britain, where he was inducted into yet another esoteric order, the Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTO for short. He and Rose divorced six years later, probably because he was fucking everything. That's what they do, man. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of these, like, do as thou wilt, and I wilt do Cheryl. Right. And Becky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also Joe on and, occasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole bunch of Hey baby, you mind fuck this pillow? <laughs> I'm just, I mean only if you spin around three times, wave a dagger at it and jizz on it first. <laughs> <laughs> And you See, know that was a very accurate joke. Yeah, that's what I started. I wanted to riff off of it, but I kept laughing. That's the only way to get this promotion, baby. Um. So, uh, the OTO. 
so Crowley rose to prominence extremely quickly and soon became the leader of the British branch of the OTO. He reformatted the society to conform to essentially his tenets of Thelema. And he spent part of World War One in the U.S. where he kind of spread Thelema there and then came back to the U.K. and then basically toured around Europe spreading Thelema. Um, he led a lifestyle that many at the time referred to as libertine. <laughs> and it led to him being evicted from Italy in 1923. Not his apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Italy. <laughs> Mind, and Italy. Yeah. Italy. Yeah. Not a place necessarily known for their fidelity and relationships. No. Italy. They were like, pasta, love, what? No, you get out. Like, mm. too much. Yeah. Can't handle it. So he remarried shortly after uh, to a woman named Maria Teresa Sanchez. Um, she was a Nicaraguan immigrant that he met in Europe. Yeah, who knows? Um, but... That didn't stop him from uh, having tons of bisexual relationships and rampant drug experimentation. Basically, if you had a drug, he wanted to try it. He was super into it. Um, He was at one point dubbed the wickedest man in the world, and he's credited with founding what would become modern Satanism. Um, But that's like a whole episode in and of itself. So when they say like wicked in their terms meant like evil, right? Like tossing one in a lot of bitches like oh, okay. they, they dicking people down yeah because they weren't just like bro this dude wicked bro no yeah there's... he's the wickedest man alive no it was just like get him out of italy yeah like bad wicked <laughs> not good um don't so... mind if i fuck this pasta get out <laughs> get out that is it that is the final straw maybe that ain't fettuccine alfredo you know what i'm talking about no <laughs> oh I'll leave. I got evicted oh, from this podcast. God. Uh, speaking of eating jizz. Okay, so Thelema. Armando's trying to kill my dog. <laughs> There's pet brutality oh, happening. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's not sorry. Oh, He's God. Kidding. He is sorry. He's sorry. He's sorry. He's back asleep. It's fine. So Thelema. Cautiously awake. <laughs> cautiously about to fall asleep. <laughs> One eye open, Rambo. <laughs> he sticks his leg up in the air. And he's wagging his tail. We're good here. <laughs> uh, Thelema was big on spells, fucking, and nerdiness. So, uh, have like, you ever been to the Magic Castle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we mentioned just a second ago, uh, there's a lot of spinning and waving and pointing knives while wearing pyramid hats. Welcome um, to my day. There you go. Lots of chanting and tons, and I mean tons of jerking on jerking off onto or into stuff and eating potentially the fruits of your jerk off labor. So this is different from the fraternity how cuz it sounds like the same thing. No, no they wouldn't is- have eaten cum cuz like no homo, bro. I feel like you guys need to I just Google- want to sip no homo. <laughs> I think you guys need to Google soggy waffle and then you know just what I'm realize- not I'm not gonna do. Yeah, that. it's just fraternities are. Do they this- just jizz on a waffle and eat it? It's the last one to jizz has to eat the waffle. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. That's a, this is terrible. That game. is not yeah. a flavor that would go well with waffles. <laughs> no. I'm, sorry. I'm not a fan of 
fan of a savory waffle. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, I mean, there was one frat that like dipped their balls in powdered sugar and then teabagged each other and called it snowballing. <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember people getting not expelled but like suspended for it because mm. like a video went That's around. That's a shameful doing it. thing to get suspended for. <laughs> That's it. You're you a dangled your dice on Chad's head. Now you're out. <laughs> Um, but I, well, it was because they videotaped it and then somebody saw the video and I was like, this is dumb on so many counts. And that's back when like it, video, you needed another piece of equipment to yeah, do it, no, not like, just your phone. Right. Like this, like I didn't get my first iPhone until I was almost done with college. Right. So like this was like, you had to have a camera, set it up import that footage to a computer right edit it wait eight hours for it to load to youtube i feel like you guys are just missing the biggest part which is they had to have powdered sugar i think they bought it specifically for this yeah oh they definitely did (laughs) oh yeah there's no college age dude that's like bro we gotta get powdered sugar (laughs) we're gonna get panko breadcrumbs (laughs) (laughs) i'm baking up a motherfucking storm in here I want to know what yeah, recipe. Yeah, what recipe? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Contains powdered sugar and panko bread. Again, college-age dudes don't just have <laughs> powdered sugar. Yeah, they'd have to, well, what if we just, like, ground up ramen noodles? Not was, yeah. good enough. Again, in this very example, I was trying to, like, what are fancy things my mom has in her kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> Garadelli cocoa powder. That stuff's mm-hmm. nice, but yeah. you want to get, like, if you can get the Dutch processed Scharfenberger. Oh, my God, yes. Mm-hmm. Immediately out of my league. Yes. <laughs> Food nerd. Or, or, like, the Dutch processed e-guitard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should talk to my aunt. Yeah. She's... I do. I need to talk to your aunt because I, I need so. to call her about that thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So. The fuck was that? About legal stuff. Oh, okay. About our opinions. Opinions. No, no, it's just, no. Anyway. About that paper. Uh, so, <laughs> if you follow political news at all, you may be familiar with Aleister Crowley eating jizz because <laughs> um, one of the leaked emails uh, from- Hillary? Yes, <laughs> was to one of her campaign um, guys, John Podesta, from Marina Abramovic, who is a performance artist. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Nah. Yeah, it's, you'll probably be fine going through the rest of your life not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she is a performance artist, and she performs a lot with bodily fluids and a lot of just physical exertions and things like that. I don't want to watch that She shit. also now has an Etsy page where she paints using <laughs> oh her period. Oh my god! Um, we're gonna get to painting with blood in just a second. Um, oh, not yeah. period blood, though. Good, as long as it's not period blood. No. Uh, so she did an installation where she painted recipes in pig's blood on the walls of a gallery and then combined that with illustrations from another artist and then her other kind of poetic recipes into a essentially a book slash live performance called spirit cooking and one of hillary's john podesta who worked for hillary uh was a fan of maria marina abramovic and had donated to basically the production of this book 
and she invited him to something called spirit cooking. So she was going to basically do a private dinner with multiple different traditional soups. And then they were going to discuss the artwork with him and like a handful of other donators, people who had donated to the project. Um, However, spirit cooking is also what Aleister Crowley used to refer to when he talked about his own recipes, (laughs) which were all like period blood, breast milk, jizz, honey, like, and yeah, that kind of stuff. Wait, honey? Occasionally, yeah. Just like regular honey? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but honey Yeah. Yeah, no, do you know of another kind? Well, I don't know, because you did the first two things on there were like jizz and period blood. And breast milk. Yeah, and then you were like, and then honey. And I was like, what does she mean by honey? Well, so honey is one of the few things that you can eat directly from, like, un, you can eat honey unprocessed. Yeah. So, like, a lot of times there would be either breast milk, but also cow's milk, honey, uh, blood from animals, like things that didn't have to be processed in order for you to ingest them. Mm, okay. This is the worst soup ever. <laughs> well, I mean, she was just going to make regular soups, but Aleister Crowley was making like period blood soups. Was she going to just make regular soups? She was, soups? yeah. There's like, she released the like, these were the soups. Yeah, <laughs> later. but did she include like, plus my friend's jizz? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but she didn't say that she did. I feel bad for anybody who like mixes up spirit cooking with like soul food. <laughs> <laughs> like, they this were American like, I cheese just... is awful salty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about this marinara. <laughs> So, softly in the background. Although there is no soul food marinara. Sorry, go ahead. Softly yeah. in the background, you hear a ghost of Aleister Crowley. Yo, you mind if I fuck this pasta? <laughs> um, so here are some samples of some of the uh, recipes that Marina Abramovic uh, was painting. And they are kind of reminiscent of Crowley's. She is very interested in the occult, like as an artist. Um, hers, she has said after the fact, are meant to be... Um, like metaphorical and some of them it makes sense other ones you're just like the fuck so uh here are some of them so one of them was a uh, fresh morning urine sprinkle over nightmare dreams that's just the name yeah no, no no that's the recipe oh okay so but that's just like you've woken up in the morning after a nightmare you take a piss this is not the soup that's not the soup. Okay, no. okay. No, okay, these are okay. from the art installation. Okay, I, I tried. No, the soup I was like, I was thought you like, said the soup was normal. The yeah, fuck no, do you eat? The, the, soup is, <laughs> <laughs> the soup was like tomato bisque or something okay, like that. Okay. More these... like tomato piss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no, these are the, the ones that she painted on the walls and then published in the book. Okay. So, fresh morning urine, <laughs> tomato piss, sprinkle over nightmare dreams. Uh, the next one, with a sharp knife, cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand, eat the pain. What? Yeah, that's a recipe. I'm good. Uh, mix fresh breast milk with fresh sperm milk, drink on earthquake nights. So you just store it until the big one? I mean... Nah, it's gotta be fresh. Yeah. Oh, how am I supposed <laughs> to produce all that when an earthquake is about to I hit? I mean, technically, no one person can produce all that, I would guess. Hey, look, you don't know my life. <laughs> this, this is true. This is true. I don't. Um, so, she drew her <laughs> baby, inspiration. Baby, wake up. I need you to do something for me. It's an earthquake going on. I've already started the first part, but I need some breast milk. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. So, 
Uh, <laughs> so weird. So in Crowley's novels, he has some of these listed. Um, some of them were in cipher that people had to kind of define later. Um, but he also had a recipe for curried rice. So, you know, it's not all lost. And that had no weird ingredients in it. Did you make it? No. <laughs> Will you make it? I pulled it up. I was like, sliced almonds, you dog. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So he had fans and followers all over the world, uh, but the most notable by far, and the one that we're going to spend basically the rest of this episode talking about. Hillary Clinton. Uh, no, was a man <laughs> named John Whiteside Parsons, better known as Jack Parsons. Are you familiar with Jack Parsons? It sounds familiar. He's my fucking favorite historical person because he's batshit insane. Oh, good. Yeah. Great. Also super smart. He's one of those people where it's like, you're brilliant, but what the fuck on the rest of that shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jack Parsons. If you are interested in Jack Parsons, The Dollop does a very comprehensive episode on just Jack Parsons. And um, there's also a really good book called Sex and Rockets. Highly recommend it. And then some other Too stuff easy. I'll recommend later on <laughs> yeah. as we go. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> So Jack Parsons was born Marvel Whiteside Parsons on October 2nd, 1914 in Los Angeles, California, uh, finally settling in lovely Pasadena, California. Hey. He started off with a name Marvel and was like, nah, Jack. Well, we'll yeah. get to why his name is Jack. Oh, okay. um, I thought Marvel was a fucking cool name, right? Yeah. Yes. Marvel's a dope name. Change um, your mind tomorrow. He was named after his father, Marvel H. Parsons. Um, But his parents divorced when he was super young after his mother caught his father visiting prostitutes, uh, causing him to be kind of an angry kid and not super stoked on authority. Um, Because Marvel was his father's name, uh, Jack's mother would begin Uh calling him John, using Jack as a nickname. There's also a lot, a lot of evidence to suggest that he and his mom had a... They fucked? Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you were looking for incestuous relationships. I mean, there's that. I was going to just say troubling. Like, I was going to bury the lead a little bit. But oh, yeah. no, I got you. But yeah, yeah there's there's now some. Now I look weird because I know the name for it. Right. Yeah. Um, an Oedipal complex. Love you, mom. So, because um, he is referred to having an Oedipal complex. How much? <laughs> Ooh. He, in some of his diary writings, has referenced having an Oedipal complex. Um, there are some really crazy conspiracy theories and rumors resent, like revolving around his death that include a potential relationship with his mom. It's one of those things where... That's another cult favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incest is big for cults. Incest is the best. Put your mother to the test. Ooh. It's a thing that I heard once on a playground, and it stuck with me. Oh, my God. And it was sister, not mother, but it works better that way for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his mom died shortly after he did. So Please there's rumor that. that like she was just devastated by his death and that that was partially why. Anyway, uh, he attended Washington Junior High School and performed pretty badly. Um, it's said by many that uh, his he was probably dyslexic at the time and was never diagnosed. Mm. So um, he was bullied for being upper class. His mom uh, was pretty rich. And his dad was rich, but he was one of the only people, like, at his school. And so people would pick on him. Uh, They also said that he was kind of effeminate. 
He formed a single strong friendship with a boy named Edward uh, Edward Foreman, who was from a working class family, and they shared interests in science fiction and rocketry. Um, so rockets were super new at the time. They had been around in the like in just basic fireworks, but as far as like propelled rockets, that was pretty new. So they would buy rocket assembly kits and cherry bombs and then take them apart and reassemble them into bigger rockets. <laughs> so uh, this is between World War One and World War Two, and they would just like blow the shit out of his mom's backyard. Like it was just covered in holes because <laughs> they were just constantly blowing shit up. Also possibly uh, blowing the shit out of his mom. Hey-o! <laughs> it's gonna get so much weirder than that. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Yeah. So in 1928, Parsons and Foreman adopted the Latin motto per aspera ad astra, which means through hardship to the stars. And they began experimenting with homemade rockets and explosives. He was 14 at the time. So... Imagine a dude who got bullied for being shit in school, but is just, like, super smart with things that explode. It's a dangerous person. <laughs> for real. Oh, you mean terrorists? <laughs> yeah. Um, around the same time, Parsons started experimenting with the occult. He supposedly tried to perform a ritual to summon the devil to his bedroom at 14, believed it had worked, and then just, like decided to stop doing stuff like that altogether. <laughs> Maybe just don't summon the devil, though. Yeah, don't. Like, you don't want him to come. No. No. Uh-uh. He's not bringing anything good. No, he's not bringing pizza. Right. Plus, he's super busy. Right, yeah. Yeah. True. Right. True. So, um, his mother, worried about his new hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. That's not a hobby. What, blowing shit up and summoning the devil? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, She sent him to the Brown Military Academy for boys in San Diego, uh, but he was soon expelled for blowing up the toilets. (laughs) With his ass or with an explosive? No, with an explosive. With an explosive. (laughs) With an explosive. And my favorite, the award for my favorite joke of the podcast um, fun fact, the dollop made the same joke. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, they did. I've never even listened to the dollop. That's not fair. Uh, yeah. Parallel thinking. Huh? Well, I mean, it's just the Look at my the history. Fra- it's the What fra- a hack. <laughs> Look at my history. It's the phrase blowing up the toilets. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty, <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's an easy one. Yeah. But there's not an easy, like, even if I said exploding the toilets, people would still so, be like, with his ass? He blew up the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, following his expulsions, Parsons and his mother toured Europe for over a year alone. <laughs> Which shouldn't be a problem for a mother and son, let's be clear. But this, like, for this one. For this particular mother and son duo. A little weird. It's, it's a problem. In the words of uh, George Michael, uh, I like the way the French think. That's from uh, Arrested Development. Oh, that George Michael. I was yeah. I, I, know, I, was I like, thought I you were going to that go, song. I will be your yeah, father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put your time. Okay. He's great in concert, by the way. Oh god, it is one the of my ultimate regrets that I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> Who her? Um <laughs> So, the Great Depression hit the Parson family fortune hard um especially after the death of his grandfather and so parsons took a weekend job with the hercules powder co while attending a private university 
Um, so now, not only is he still constantly experimenting with explosives, but he's got, like, ready access to gunpowder. Right. So he and Foreman continued experimenting with explosives, and they started testing bigger and larger rockets. Uh, the family moved to a smaller house on St. John Avenue, and then in 1935, he married Helen Northrup. He was 21 years old. So... As they continued their experiments, which were now large enough that they needed to move to uninhabited areas of the Arroyo Seco area of Pasadena, specifically a location known as Devil's Gate. Mm. If you're not aware, Pasadena be haunted as fuck. Devil's Gate is like right under Suicide Bridge. Anyway. I've been to Suicide Bridge tons of times. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been. Devil's not Gate though. is like supposedly hella haunted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I've we never. Go? Yeah, we can go. It's kind of hard to get to Devil's Gate now. Mm. Have you been since they started the construction over there? No, but I just, I've, I don't have problems getting past construction people. Oh, I, I just meant like they have barricades and stuff that you have to like climb over now. Yeah, I don't have problems. <laughs> okay, I'm five foot two. <laughs> yeah. This is. Anything's um, fun, five. I drive Suicide Bridge uh, home from work every day, pretty much. That's got to so. be a real bummer. I'm sorry I keep hitting my mic stand. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I live, like, I, for the past four years, have worked, like, 100 yards from where most of this stuff is happening. So, crazy. Anyway, um, they went to a lecture at Caltech on um, essentially using rocketry to propel jets. And they kind of teamed up with a couple of the scientists from Caltech to get some grants to continue to work on essentially building the first rocket-propelled jet. Wow. So, uh, by 1938, they developed a motorized rocket that could fly for over a minute. They were one of the first people to do that, which is kind of cool. That same year, two of his friends invited Jack and Helen to the Agape Lodge, which was an OTO, Ordo Templo Orientist, outpost in Hollywood, later renamed the Church of Hulema. I checked today to see if it was still around, and it is, but it's just like a dude's house (laughs) where, like, they've moved addresses. Now they're instead, they were on Winona, and now they're on Gramercy, and it's just like unit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, and then if you pull it up on Google Earth, it's just like an apartment building. And I was just like, dude, this is so sad. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. So in 1939, Jack's group of rocket nerds approached the National Academy of Sciences Committee for funding what they referred to as jet propulsion because it sounded more official than rockets. Uh, They were given a grant to attempt to develop jet-assisted takeoff, and with this grant, they helped found Aerojet. So nearly a quarter of their grant money went to repairing Caltech buildings damaged by their experiments. Oh my god, of course. Where they were just like launching shit on campus, like other students be damned. Uh, they developed the precursor to the modern to modern jet fuel, and they were responsible for America's first rocket-assisted fixed-wing aircraft, which is similar to the fighter planes we have today. Oh, wow. And I know this is all a lot of, like, where's the weird cultiness? I'll get to it. So, seeing as we were about to enter World War II, the U.S. was very interested in these findings, and with some additional grants, Parsons and his team founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Wow, he is a smart guy. He's a super smart guy. I mean, JPL is how we got to the moon, and they are a huge part of our, you know, space and aeronautics programs today. So, huge deal. So, 
with all that nerd shit out of the way, uh, let's get back to the sex magic. So Parsons had taken over the Agape Lounge, Agape Lodge, sorry, and had moved it to his mansion, aka Fuck Palace, on Orange Grove Avenue in Pasadena. It's also known as Millionaire's Mile. Okay. Yeah. I want to see an MTV Cribs of the Fuck Palace. <laughs> well, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, an apartment building now. Just being outside, being like, this is where the magic happens. It's yeah. not well, his bedroom. It's just the whole place. It's one of those things where like Millionaire's Mile now is a lot of condos and apartment buildings, mm-hmm. but it used to just be these giant houses and he would have like bonfires with naked bitches dancing on his lawn with like coffins with candles and shit. Like he was going full out and the neighbors were not having it <laughs> because like imagine being it's like oh our neighbor the dude that constantly blows shit up and has people dancing around fires at all times of the night yeah not fun i feel like if every so often he yelled at the phrase Yee-haw! it would make <laughs> way more sense right um so he and helen routinely hosted orgies there some of some even involved helen's younger sister sarah um, the group began to live there communal- communally where people would pay like $100 per person as like dues for the lounge and then they would all live there. Yeah. So Helen decided to leave the lodge temporarily and travel for a bit and Jack took the opportunity to start a sexual relationship with her 17-year-old sister, Sarah. Oh. Sarah's going to be pretty important later on. Okay. Also... I would like to know, it sounds like this dude's getting a lot of strange for a nerd, but he was hot. Really? Dude, if you have the chance to pull up a picture of Jack Parsons. I'm on it. Okay, I don't think he's hot. (laughs) He has a very soft chin. He looks very uh, creepy. Oh, see, I I don't know why I'm digging it with like the dark curly hair. and No, that weird (laughs) mustache. That's not him. Yeah, it is. No, that's not him. That's him and his... uh... Is this... That's him and some lady. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same guy. That doesn't look like the same guy at all. Yeah, it does. He's just in a hat. That lady's dressed as the witch from Snow White. Yeah. Snow White hadn't come out. You hadn't come out. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know. Um, oh God, I did it again. I'm sorry. I don't find him attractive. I don't like... We have the same haircut. Eh, kind of. His is a little taller. Yeah. He does but... have a bouffant. Here, this is the one that people usually... In this one, he's not ugly, but he's not my type. Okay. I find him too magician-y. He definitely looks like a magician. I don't like magician-y. Yeah, that's, see, that's the one that, yeah. He looks like my stepdad. Creepy. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, but like, think about any time I feel like we have an older, like a person from old days and someone's like, he was very handsome. You pull up a picture and it looks like he got kicked in the face with a horse, kicked in the face by a horse. Um, And this one, I'm like, no, I could get like if he was walking around Silver Lake, I'd be like, okay, I get it. He looks like the kind of guy that you would see that would have like cut now. I could see him with his mustache wax yep. and his craft bourbon mm-hmm. and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. But mostly with his mustache wax. I think that's very accurate. So Jack began incorporating his other interests into the lodge. Science fiction meetings were routinely held in the kitchen. Much like mine. Yeah. You know how you do. Uh, sadly, uh, his work, not super stoked about him doing all kinds of sex devil shit. 
Um, he had some of his coworkers would attend meetings at the lodge and would participate. Um, but the lodge was soon under investigation by the Pasadena Police Department and the FBI. Hmm. So there was one rape allegation from a 16-year-old boy. Oh. That was never settled. Like, that's what I was trying to find information on it. And it was just like, there was this allegation. And there's just like no other information about Weird. it. Um, but allegedly the FBI was looking into him to be like, yo, are you storing up explosives here? Because you can't, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> he probably was. So the charges were dropped because the organizations didn't find any signs of true illegal activity at the lodge, but rather just consenting adults fucking a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Parsons got deeper into drugs and alcohol, and I mean like real drugs, like coke, mescaline, peyote, the opiates were his faves. Like anytime to you name throw, a few, dude. Anytime you throw mescaline in the mix, like yeah, that's and it's not a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. Um, Helen permanently left him for another lodge member and he continued boning her sister. Um, in the late 1940s with the war over, Aerojet wasn't nearly in the high demand it used to be. And Parsons, along with Foreman, launched their own endeavors. It was also around this time that they received a new visitor to the lodge. And considering how much the lodge loved science fiction, it wasn't a huge surprise that they embraced him as readily as they did. That man was science fiction and pulp novel writer L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. 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 I already knew that, but I needed to to act. (laughs) If you want to know more about L. Ron Hubbard's time in Thalema, I recommend Going Clear, the documentary about Scientology. And also, last podcast on the left, who did a four-part series on L. Ron Hubbard pre-Scientology. Right. Definitely worth listening to. And they go super in-depth into this period in time in his life and they kind of tie it in with their other chaos magic episodes so i highly recommend it so l ron and jack became fast friends and they began performing many spells and rituals together um jack had been in the habit of corresponding with letters to alistair crowley and so there are actually letters that people have found where he wrote to alistair crowley about l ron hubbard like i have this new friend he's so great (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it was all fun and games until LRH started sleeping with, you guessed it, Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> so Jack initially seemed unfazed because apparently Sarah was in the habit of boning like everybody, which you do you, girl, whatever. Um, do as thou wilt. Exactly. Uh, Jack and LRH embarked on a spell to try and bring forth the Antichrist. Oh, or Babylon back to Earth through fucking. Oh. So they tried to do real life Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Like real life Rosemary's Baby. They called it the Moonchild Ritual. Ew. Yeah. So it's inspired by Aleister Crowley's novel, The Moonchild. They attempted this by performing rituals and then boning a woman named Marjorie Cameron. They believed her to be an elemental woman. She just like showed up at the lodge one day and was like, I think I'm supposed to be here for some reason. And they were like, Clearly. Come on in. Come on in. Let us put the Antichrist up you. Yeah. Uh, At the same time, Hubbard and Sarah were getting serious, and Parsons was not digging it at all. But Parsons, okay, I know I said he wasn't the best looking, but he's so much better looking than L. Ron Hubbard. Oh my god. Leaps and bounds. Like, what are we doing here, Sarah? Um, 
one time on SNL, they did like a joke Scientology sketch and they had Bobby Moynihan as LRH, basically like as an LRH stand in. Yeah. And it was a very accurate depiction. (laughs) And even that looked better than real life Ron Hubbard and his creepy horse teeth. Yes. These are our opinions. (laughs) These are our opinions. It is my opinion that he's a weird looking ginger with horse teeth. It is my opinion that Sarah fucked up. Yeah. Well, we, we find out later. If you watched Going Clear, they go in depth into her relationship with Ron after this. That turned not great. I'll be really honest with not you. Great. I watched Going Clear and I fell asleep. <laughs> this is like I would recommend at least watching this section again. What, what part was it? This is the beginning. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to let you guys know we actually got a response from, from L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. To are the, we being sued to death? Well, what you guys said about the uh, the horse teeth, he responds with. <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Boo. <laughs> um, my mom, when I was a little kid, she used to put on my headshots under my special talents. My mom was not a stage mom, but that makes it sound like she was. Um, The um, fact that you had headshots as a child. <laughs> I mean, I wanted it, okay? okay. <laughs> was it one of those like J.R. Powers or whatever? No, it was like, they were good. Oh, okay. But on special talents, it said, can they like a horse? And it made me so mad that she put that because every fucking audition I went to, they were like, oh, um, special talents, so you speak French and you can neigh. Can you neigh for us? Can we, <laughs> can, can we get a neigh, please? And I'd have to neigh. And it was humiliating every single time. Can you neigh for us? No, I cannot. Oh. <laughs> Maybe if you sign up for Patreon, I'll neigh for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you ain't got shit on my name. <laughs> <laughs> so watch your whip and watch your name. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did it because I was like, I need to do it, but I can't now quite watch get there me in my whip. brain right now. Now nope. watch me. <laughs> so um, that's the only benefit to having fat cheeks. Is that it sounds so. That was awful. No, that was great. I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> so Parsons not loving it that his best friend is dicking down his best girl. So he- <laughs> <laughs> that's my best girl, bro. <laughs> Quit it. Um, and Hubbard kind of figured that out. Um, so Hubbard tricked Parsons into an invest into investing into a yacht company. Again, that's my opinion that he was tricked. Please don't right. sue us to death. Anyway, um, essentially, it just became Hubbard and Sarah sailing away on a yacht while Parsons was left to foot the bill on the shore. Burn. If you want to know more about that yacht escape, again, last podcast on the left does a great job of going through. It was a huge, complicated, like, we'll buy these yachts and then we'll sail them back here and then we'll charge people. It's like a whole crazy scam. So Parsons spent the rest of his life afterward trying in vain to curse L. Ron Hubbard. (laughs) Through, like, spinning and knives and jizz and, you know, the whole nine with the pyramid hats. Yikes. Jokes on you, Parsons. Jizz on you. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) uh, his practice of magic consumed his whole life until eventually he had moved into a carriage house behind the giant house that once housed the lodge. He was killed by an accidental explosion in 1952 at the age of 37. Hmm. We didn't see that coming. Well, a lot of people think that it was intentional. Probably. That he was murdered. Oh. Yeah. I thought you meant suicide. No, 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 no. They, they think that he was, it was either an accident 
or he was murdered to hide things that he knew. Hmm. He worked for the government a lot, so, you know. Yeah. Um, LRH, however, would go on to write Dianetics and later found what we know as Scientology today. Oh, what? Yay! Oh, that was a twist. It was that <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, not the other L. Ron Hubbard. Do oh. you know that the L is for Lafayette? Yeah. Yes. And that his grandfather went by Laffy? Yeah. My mom's cat's name was Lafayette. Uh, when she got it, and uh-huh. then she changed it to Shadow, but I refuse to call it anything <laughs> other than Lafayette. Um, I also, I also call it Cat Friend, so I'll say I call I, Dennis Cat Friend. Yeah, sometimes. I'd say like I'm hanging out with Cat Friend, and uh-huh. it's just me hanging. Oh, yeah. that's adorable. <laughs> I really love her that cat. I know you do. Yeah. Um, if you want some extra homework after this episode, I highly recommend looking up a list of L. Ron Hubbard's books before starting Scientology. And if Paige said, if you want extra homework and you went, yes, please, I have a big old nerd <laughs> for you. Nerd! Um, but there are ones like he wrote Westerns and one's called Buckskin Brigades, which is pretty great. Oh, yes. There's, I have one that's like the Buccaneers, like swashbuckling. It's crazy. They are absolutely nuts. They sound delightful. They're delightfully hilarious, for sure. And I think that's about it on, on OTO with the Lima, at least for as far as we're going to cover. We just kind of needed a baseline so we could go on to other cults. But again, if you want to learn more about it, last podcast on the left has covered it super extensively. And the dollop has covered Jack Parsons and I believe a couple other OTO things, but mainly Jack Parsons. Every time, even still after this, when you say OTO, all I think is OVO XO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I'm thinking of Drake yeah. in the background during all the of entire, this. The entire, this has all been playing with Drake in the background yeah. in my mind. I mean, I feel like all of this is more palatable with Drake in the background. That's I feel true. like, yeah, I feel like I, for some reason... I pictured like uh, Elrond fucking the wife, and then just uh, Drake in the background being like, "Oh, that's a bad boy ting." Oh, jeez. You're done, no, because that's how he talks now. Anyway, uh, don't drink the jizz. <laughs> or, yeah. Or Kool Aid. Or yeah. keep the explosives where they can blow up in your face. Hey, you mind if fuck this pasta? Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.